episode 369 on Monday the 7th of December 2015. I'm your host, Stephen Layton. Welcome to In My Mug. Welcome to the news. Okay, so the news. Christmas is coming. You always know Christmas is coming when the snow comes on the site um, and the little Christmas decorations. Um, and the Christmas blends come back for the umpteenth year. I've even lost count how long we've had them for. Um, they will be the In My Mugs for Christmas and New Year. Um, but if you want an early sneak peek uh, and you want to taste them early, you can go buy them. They are on the site. They are priced at £6 each and they are delicious. Um, I will go as far to say they're our best Christmas blends ever. I'm very, very pleased with them. If you have been a member of Steve's Super Secret Stash, um, you will have been receiving some delicious coffees over the last 12 months. That has now come to an end and we did it with golden tickets last year. This year we're going to do it a little differently. Um, we're going to have a limited amount of spaces. We're going to announce it on the website. Keep your eyes peeled on the site for more details. Um, I've got a feeling it will sell out. Um, it is limited numbers and it's limited numbers because of the batch sizes of the coffees we get for that. Um, so it's not like we can open it up again and do it a bit bigger. We really are at a limited number. And speaking of the Christmas stuff, uh, the Christmas postage times are on the site and our opening times. But we are closing for a lot of Christmas. Um, so in my mug subscribers, be ready for your coffee to arrive through your door with two packs uh, just before Christmas. And you won't hear from us till January. Um, and we are going to close for quite a while. So we are going to enjoy the festive period. Um, and that was the news. Um, we should get on to focus on. And this week's focus on, uh, excitingly, is on the Kenyan coffee industry. So the coffee industry in Kenya is noted for its cooperative system of production, um, producing and milling and processing around about 70% of Kenyan coffee, um, all from small-scale producers with people for as little as 200 trees. Um, it was estimated in 2012 there were around about 150,000 farmers um, in, uh, in Kenya and uh, around about 6 million people employed directly or indirectly in the coffee industry. Um, the major growing regions are all around the kind of Mount Kenya, uh, Aberdare mountain range, Kriasi, Nizari, Bogoma, um, Karecho, uh, and then uh, Fika and places like that, um, with little bits dotted in between. You know, the, 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 it's not just all in those conurbations. Um, the co-op style has been increasing quite rapidly over previous years, years because many of the coffee plantations um, that were privately owned by people have been sold to developers um, to create uh, gated communities, housing, um, and this has led to a spread of the cities uh, kind of out. And Fika, where this week's coffee from, um, is beginning to touch Nairobi. There's very little green space between them. Um, and it's interesting that this week's coffee is also from uh, an estate, so that's quite unusual. Um, and it means we have lots of information on it, so I better shut up about focus on and we better get on to the coffee. So it's Christmas and at Christmas time you tell stories. So sit back, relax maybe, pull up a mug of coffee and let me tell you about the Kariga Coffee Estate in Kenya, which is this week's coffee. Um, the first coffee was planted uh, on this estate in 1954 by colonial settlers um, and it's it, around about um, 
10 kilometers away from Thika, which is the, the major city in, um, uh, in, the, in the region. And it's a very big, very big city. Uh, I've run around there actually. Um, I, I ran around Thika and fell over and cut all my hand open. Um, but um, it's been uh, a coffee I've chased for a while. So I had this coffee originally in 2010 um, and loved it. And then a guy uh, who was working with uh, the producer, Brian, um, emailed me and said, hey, come you haven't had the coffee again? Didn't you like it? And I was like, no, I loved it, I couldn't. Um, so he did an introduction to me with Brian via email and he was the one that convinced me that I should go there this year. Um, <clears throat> And, uh, and actually meet Brian and see whether we could buy uh, the coffee from him. It's interesting because I've never bought anything directly in, um, in Kenya. And that's because Kenya scares me as somewhere to buy, uh, buy from because it is uh, very difficult to export from. It is Africa after all. Um, but Brian has been amazing and he's been very helpful. Um, in helping us get the coffee out and giving us samples um, and, and guiding us through the process. He's also very uh, well educated. It's actually Dr. Brian uh, Nagonyu, I think it is. Uh, sorry, Brian, I've probably got that wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been really good to have this kind of relationship and take this new idea um, of buying more directly. Brian's been in charge farm for a few years um, and uh, has become incredibly well known in those few years. He's one of the founding members um, and honorary secretary of the Kenya Coffee Producers Association, which is a, an association for farmers um, uh, so they can work together and promote economic and social uh, improvements um, on coffee farms and for coffee farmers. Um, very politically active um, and as I say super well educated so he's been he's been really good he's also a former board member um, uh, and chairman of the uh, exchange and um, the the transitional exchange um, committee that happened there uh, which is part of the uh, Nairobi coffee exchange where 90% of all of the coffee in Kenya is sold um, and also, the other title he has is the founding chairman of the African Coffee Farmers Network. Oh, being attacked. Um, uh, so not only is he big in Kenya, but actually he's also uh, become quite active uh, in Africa in general, which I think is, uh, is fantastic. And their core objectives are about improving the earnings of coffee farmers uh, and to break the circle of, of poverty, which I think is something we can all, uh, we can all get behind and we can all... Um, see as a good thing. One of the things that he's been doing with that is promoting uh, direct sales from farmers and that's why he's been helping us with this. Um, should talk about the estate a little. So Kariga sits at around about 1500 to 1600 meters above sea level, uh, very near to the town of Thika as I've already said, which is an industrial town um, and a central province of Kenya. Um, it's actually very close to the hotel I was stopping in as well, which is called the Blue Post Hotel which is famous for the uh, Shania and Thika Falls, which is a waterfall and you can kind of line the hotel and see the waterfall from your bed. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and Thika is around about 50 kilometers northeast of Nairobi. But as, as I said, um, you know, there's been a lot of urban sprawl, so it's actually getting a lot closer. And uh, you've seen uh, lots of, like, you don't see any green spots in between the two. Um, the varietals on the farm are predominantly S SL28, um, which is 
a coffee if you know Kenyan coffees will be uh, very well known to you um, and there's around about two hectares of Royu 11 which is a leaf rust resistant varietal um, which is not meant to be as tasty um, uh, but you know is uh, more resistant uh, I don't always find that it is uh, so resist you know so uh, not tasty um, and he's uh, Brian's also planted some uh, batia um, in the uh, in one field just to give it a try and see what happens um, the career is very self-sufficient so it has its own mill it has its own coffee nursery it has its own team of pruners weed control people nutrition kind of go around filling things um, mulching planting and um, yeah, they, they, they do basically everything on the farm. Um, and Kariga delivers both parchment um, and natural coffees, which is quite unusual in Kenya, um, to uh, other places for sale and, and through the auction. Um, it's also uh, on the farm, he's, he's, he's trying to treat it as a farm. So he's, he has uh, sheep uh, and goats and dairy and he keeps fish. Um, and um, yeah, he's back again. Um, and also there's uh, two hippos that live on the site. And I did get to see one of the hippos from a very, very long way away, but hippopotamuses are very, very uh, nervous and shy creatures. Um, but we got to see the back of it in, in one of the rivers that runs through the farm. Um, uh, Kariga is quite unusual as in it irrigates uh, because it doesn't get enough rain. Um, and uh, it, they've been having lots of problems with the. Are you back again? Uh, with the changing seasons, Kenya is somewhere that's been super affected by climate change, um, and uh, irrigation has just become something that they started to want to do to keep the plants healthy, and now they have to. Uh, and it, it yeah, it, it, Brian does an interview with me. It's on one of my blogs. It's on Has Blog. So if you search for Brian and Has Blog. Um, he does a really good interview with me over a couple of ones where he talks about all of the problems. Um, also, he started planting some new coffees, which are going to start going live in the next. Uh, so, some new new plant stock that's going to be going live in the next kind of couple of years, and we're going to start to see a harvest from. And this is all part of the investment um, in quality, uh, but also an investment in trying to improve his yields and trying to keep the coffees tasting as amazing as they can. Um, one thing that Brian talks about in the interview is he talks about the workers on the farm but he doesn't talk about them as workers he talks about them as family so he's kind of the Kariga family 50% um, of them live on the estate so they actually they have houses that Brian's let them you know build there and live there um, and then the remaining 50% come from local communities around um, and Brian was saying that he, a lot of the workers that work with him, they stay with him for a long time um, and they, like, they've been there for many, many years before he was even in charge of the farm, um, you know, when, when, when other people were there. And he sees himself just as the current custodian of the farm more than uh, the owner. You know, he's there to, like, he says, I'll come and go, somebody else will be here one day. Uh, I thought that was incredibly insightful but, but kind of true. Um, he also has uh, something I was really interested to talk to him about, which is called a welfare fund. Um, and it's basically for when the workers on the farm get turned away from like the banks when they try and borrow money. And there's a lot of problem borrowing money in Kenya. Um, 
this welfare fund uh, kind of kicks in and people can uh, come along and take money from it and it's something that's set up by the workers but Brian has become a patron of it and has actually started to provide some of his own money uh, into the fund to loan out to the staff as the need has become greater. That fly is really getting on my nerves. Um, and uh, something he's really excited about and proud of and a lot of this is because of this political kind of coffee political background that he has um, and he's also uh, trying to help the, the workers on the farm get enough money together to buy farm land that he's next door um, so they they can become landowners as well and he can be part of the kind of cooperative thing by basically underwriting the loan uh, with you know 50 percent um, 50% from him and 50% from the bank and this is just like just another example of, of things that Brian wants to do to improve the quality and um, the living standards of the people who work on the farm and uh, I think it's fantastic so uh, the farm is called Kariga uh, it is a Kenyan coffee of course it's grown at 1500 to 1650 meters above sea level it is SL28 with a little bit of Royu 11 and a little bit of Batia and this is SL28 um, and uh, fairly exclusively that. It is a fully washed, uh, sun-dried on raised beds um, and it's a delicious coffee. But before we do delicious coffee, we should definitely go and do the matte bit. At last, an African matte bit that shouldn't be so vague. He says with bated breath. But we're going up and we're going down to the continent of Africa, which I'll be at in January, I think. But I'm not going to Kenya. So why am I mentioning that? Oh, well, I'll be in Ethiopia. But anyway, we're going down and we're going down to Kenya and we're going to see all of the detail. So we can see there the country and uh, a very fine country it is too. I like Kenya. It's good, although it's scary. Um, Jomo Hetataya National Airport in Kenya is the biggest airport in East Africa and actually suffered a fire last year and was really damaged from that fire and uh, was quite difficult for coffee buyers to get in and out because it was around about the time. But here we are, Kariga, and that is the actual farm. So we can see uh, all of the nursery. You can see the um, those blue things just to the, uh, the sides of the uh, marker where the coffee beans are soaked when they're washed so the mucilage can come off and then you can just see in the distance there Thika so Thika the um, the town that is closest to it and is where there's a big hotel there that's uh, very famous it's got waterfalls and, and things that run through the hotel and it's super expensive to stop at I remember I had to pay um, but there you can see the urban sprawl and how it's kind of really crawling out of the towns and um, the highest point is Mount Kenya at 5,199 metres above sea level and the lowest point, of course, is the ocean, which is sea level. Hmm. Okay, that was the map bit. I love it when we can do an African map bit with detail, and there is lots of detail there. But after the map bit, we always have to listen to Roland. Oh dear. Kariga is five kilometres from the town of Thika. It's a little known fact that the town of Thika is called the Birmingham of Kenya. If you don't believe me, look at the picture of Steve there.
it is one of my favourite pictures of all time. I love that picture. Uh, I was driving along, and I live in Birmingham, by the way, so, you know, like I know it has been since Stafford, but I live in Birmingham, and I'm driving along, and I see that sign. I was like, stop the car! Let me out! I'm going to take a photo! And they thought I was crazy. Okay, I'm going to wipe you on pause. I'm going to go and get tasting delicious drinks. Be back with you in just a second. Now, regular viewers will know of my dislike of Kenyan espresso, so um, maybe this is an opportunity to watch my face. Yeah, it's exactly what I expected. There is so much blackcurrant in there. So much blackcurrant, in fact. Oh my gosh. But not for me. I don't like it. I don't like tart, bright espresso like that. Now, I know lots of you do, and I hope you enjoy it. But what's coming up in the next two drinks, I'm sure will be fantastic. Um, so. Even with milk, the blackcurrant powers through. There is lots of blackcurrant in this coffee. A traditional, old-school style uh, Kenyan, which I'm very excited about. Sweet. Works well with the milk. It's a good cap. It's actually a good cap. But here is where it really comes into itself, its own. Blackcurrant again, lots of it. And I did this in the descriptors and I'm still finding it now. It's a little bit like a sour kind of fruit beer. You get the real kind of sour tartness to it. But then there's like a little bit of like a gooseberry finish as well which is just a delicious. I think this coffee is, it is, it's gotta be my top 10, I think, this year. It has to be. It really is just a stunning, stunning coffee. She's getting to that time of year when I need to stop thinking about my top 10. I should maybe get my thinking head on for that. Um, okay, I'm done. It's been a long one, sorry about that, but it's been great to have an African I can talk to you so much about. Um, thank you for joining me, as always, and do remember, life is definitely too short for bad coffee.